How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show and i quote stink stank stunk it's saturday suckage on the score we should be 670 wsuk Here for Saturday Suckage, let's find out who else is here. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man, like, do we suck? Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you gotta embrace the suck. Eloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys are not gonna make anyway. You guys are suck. And when when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby! Oh my god, this sucks! Random Bears fan. Terry Bars! Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Liam Hendricks. I wouldn't say seeking perfection, it's just mainly trying not to suck. Julie Swika. Man, that sucks. Wilson Contreras. Losing, losing suck. I'll tell you that. And, and 
that's all I can say. George went. We had fun, uh, but there you go. I sucked. Garth Algar. Turn it off, man! Turn it off! It's sucking my will to live! Steve Dahl. Discord sucks! Discord sucks! Sean Sears. What's going on, Rosie? Yeah, wake up, Sean. Don't be like the White Sox manager. You got to wake up. You got to stay awake for the next three hours. Oh, we're not allowed to take naps right at the beginning? You got to act like you're here. You got to act like you're here. I'll try. I'll see what I can do. I want to welcome everyone to Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Summer lost causes. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealer. Our phone number, our phone number right here at the Score is 312 644-6767. That will get you to our listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That number, 312-644-6767, also gets you to the score's tech zone. The tech zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at RosenHyundai.com. This is WBC, Wake and Bake Club in Frankfurt. Kentucky is here for the suckage. Here is misspelled. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Love that. 502. (laughs) Here is misspelled. But hashtag WBC, Wake and Bake Club is spelled correctly. This is quite a show, quite a day, quite a thing going on. At at 1120, we'll talk with Scott Merkin. He covers the White Sox for the MLB.com site. And it's a thing to talk about the White Sox, but I have something spectacular to talk to him about because we have talked about this in the past. I will be in a couple days standing up, be standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. At 1140, I did not know this until this morning. You may not have known this. Today is the 43rd anniversary of Chuck Swirsky's debut, Chicago Sports Talk Radio, the city's first weeknight sports talk show from 7 to 11. He describes that we had no ratings, we had the the lowest ratings in American broadcast history, and, and... No commercials. And so it's just Chuck being Chuck. Chuck Talk. I there's there are a few nicer people in in sports than Chuck Swirsky. And he has lived it, seen it, done it. He is the voice of the Bulls, calls the radio play by play right here on the score. I can't wait to talk to him about what it was like in those early days, forty three years ago. Berwin, hello. And what it what he's seen, what he's heard, how he got to where he was. Chuck's a wonderful person. It's great to talk to him. I look forward to that. At 12:20, Mark Grody will be here. He this is his show. It used to be his show. He's not on that show, but he will be on the show. Not only will we be talking bears. And I'll explain why this is pure idiocy and lunacy that Justin Fields is playing. But part of this trip I'm taking with my son as I accompany him and one of my grand dogs out west, as he is moving, my grand dog is moving, my daughter-in-law and my 
other grand dog, we will be stopping in Albuquerque. And I have my Heisenberg hat. Those of you, if you know, you know. Grody knows. We'll discuss that with him. Let's cook, Jesse. And at 1.20, we will talk with Megan. I will not we. I. I'll talk with Megan Montemoreau of the Tribune about the Cubs. They just, they keep talking. They keep making a lot of, really, they just sound like they're shoveling it with a lot of their, from the owner on down, about biblical losses and Cub fans don't deserve this and the general manager, this reminds me of 2014 and blah, blah, blah. We need to see something and we need to see something positive. We've seen some things that are positive. We've seen an uptick. Cubs are having a better time right now than Sox are. Cub fans are having a better time, I think, than Sox fans. So we'll discuss that with her. And there are other things going on, like August 26th, yesterday, it was a hell of an anniversary for birthdays, for a a major sports anniversary, if possible, bigger than even Chuck Swirsky's debut. We will talk about that later on. But first... We can't ignore, this is Saturday Suckage after all, we cannot ignore the White Sox. A week ago, God, this seems amazing. A week ago, they were five games over 500. That was a season high. And that's a sentence that already tells you how much crap their fans have had to eat while this team, this World Series or Bust team, has just soiled the bed all season. Last night, they were booed off the field, and I couldn't help thinking they're really lucky it's not bat night. They lost 7-2 to to a dog-breath Diamondbacks team that is 30 games out of first place. Literally and exactly 30 games out of first place. That's who the White Sox lost to. And now they're back at 500. They lost another opener of a series. They've done that almost two-thirds of the time. Almost two-thirds of the time, they've opened series with a loss. And last night, they did it at home, where they are an unconscionable two games under 500. And they lost in front of 33,054 fans. So that of all the numbers of the, the crap that is the White Sox this year, that really jumped out at me. Imagine. <clears throat> this is a team, all of its fans know, But this is a team that has urinated all over any kind of momentum. Got a somnambulant manager, GM who didn't understand the object of the roster exercise, players who refuse to adjust and adapt and hustle and are then told not to bother hustling the way they apparently are told not to bother with even the basic parts of defense, i.e. catching the ball. So this This kind of pitiful team is giving away a spectacular chance to make the postseason because the division sucks. And this team, this team still draws 33,000 fans on a magnificent night of weather that would have been better spent by Sox fans at a whatever Aaron Rodgers retching resort recently opened. So Johnny, Johnny Cueto sucked, right? He's entitled. He was, he's their, he was their most valuable player, and he wasn't even here for a month. And this is where anger devolves into pity 
and sadness and hopelessness. If I'm reading Sox fan, a form of Sox fans, if the White Sox can't win a Cueto start to open a gotta-have-at homestand against a team 30 games under, 30 games out of first place, then really, why are you doing any of this? Why would you continue doing it? Why care? And now the lo- the Sox, this team that is in a death spiral has lost the last two starts by Cueto and Cease. This pathetic performance last night was followed by the greatest choke of the season. The Sox were a strike away from taking a series in Baltimore. They were a foul ball away against a young charging team with hope that the Sox used to be, and they're not that team anymore, and the defensive replacement sucks at defense, and the closer gives up a rookie's first career home run. They lose in walk-off fashion later on. And it seems to me, over those two games, they've showed zero mental and emotional makeup to overcome it. They've lost for the seventh time in nine games. The chairman, chairman's hand-picked Hall of Failure baseball person, are watching something we could call the white flag fade. Sox are in third place. Game behind the Twins, four games behind the Guardians. There are five games out in the wild card, such as it is. They have a tragic number you can begin tracking, by the way. Their tragic number is 34, meaning any combination of Sox losses and Guardians victories that adds up to 34 eliminates the White Sox. It still seems too far away. The hope, though, is that it eliminates some people in jobs they've obviously failed. We're at a point in the season where we've seen the White Sox fail to seize momentum. Players have gone out there and just stunk. They've been zombies. They've never got, they've gotten worse under the chairman's manager at defense. They've gotten worse at base running. They refuse to hustle. They're told not to hustle. They have Three home runs in the last 10 games. This is August, ladies and gentlemen. They have three home runs in the last 10 games. Albert Pujols alone has four. The players, is it fair? Is it time? I really hate doing this. It's such a metric-driven, we can all look at metrics, all look at numbers, you're succeeding or you're failing. But at some point, when you see a team so inept at grabbing momentum, so totally impotent when it comes to seizing an opportunity. Don't we have to question their mental and emotional makeup? I I find it so hard to question anybody who makes it to the major leagues for whatever it is. Moonlight Graham, he got to play in a game, he never got in a bat. Making the major leagues is a major accomplishment. You you are required intestinal fortitude. That's, that's, that's one of the boxes that has to be checked. Emotional makeup, mental makeup. There's two boxes there that, that you need that to make, you need that 
to make the major why why if you why? have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why, why? good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast to get to the point where the manager puts you in the game even the somnambulant embarrassment of a manager in the white Sox dugout and yet this world series or bust team this team go back and look at it I don't see how we don't question their emotional and mental makeup. Remember under Ricky Renteria in that pandemic year, they made they were the first team to qualify for the playoffs. And they ended up with the seventh seed. That's it. We're good. We're done. We can just forget it. We don't know. All right. Well, did you learn from it? You don't know how to win? Well, they won one playoff game that year. And the next year, under the Hall of Failure baseball person that they fired Ricky Renteria for, he could only match Ricky Renteria's one playoff win. This year, World Series are bust in America's worst division. And what's happening? And where are they? They're in third place. They choke away a game. They are one strike away from winning. They're part of a something that has never happened before, much like a 1-2 intentional walk. And then they come back. They come back at home with their... Their most valuable player, Dylan Cease might be their Cy Young, Cy Young candidate, but Johnny Cueto's their most valuable player. And he has the kind of night he's going to have once every 11 starts. And you see nothing 
from the offense. You see nothing that these players can say, we are mentally strong, we're emotionally strong. There aren't metrics for that. Maybe that's why people aren't talking about it, because we can't, we can't measure the spin rate. But they've shown zero ability to get up and to play and to take charge of anything. It still might happen, but we're almost at Labor Day, and we've seen every sign that they cannot do it. And now, what is the Hall of Failure baseball person who is old school, which means he should be able to judge who these players are inside now. And we've seen the general manager unfit to put together a roster, seen him make judgments based on a lot of decimal points and numbers. Now what? Well, it's the players. They do it or they don't. They leave us with the idea they're mentally and emotionally incapable of doing what they said, which is the World Series. We'll talk with someone who covers the White Sox next. This is Saturday Suckage, so yeah, of course we're talking about the White Sox. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Domo will flip the second, and the Diamondbacks take the opener. 7-2 the final. And Johnny Cueto's been so good this year, but it's hard to be great every time out. They came to see us win a ball game. We got beat in most of the game. I mean, lopsided, right? They have every right to be upset. The team, manager, whatever they want. I mean, they got every right to do it. But I'm just saying, the fact that they were here, and they did say, let's go White Sox, this amazing, amazing fan support here. And I've got plenty of experience. But there ain't no free lunch, you know. It's a two-way relationship. They support you, you got to give back. So we got we to do more about giving back. Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> interim White Sox manager Tony La Russa talking after the game. Len Casper on the final TV call of the White Sox 7-2 loss to the Diamondbacks, a team 30 games out of first place. Yet another series, open lo- series opening loss. The White Sox, they've lost about two-thirds of their series openers. Among the many things that make this team a struggle to watch, watch them be a struggle all season in baseball's worst division. Let's find out what it is up close and see how much combat pay is deserved. Scott Merkin of MLB.com, he joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Scott, do you have reliable sources confirming the Sox will indeed play this weekend, or is there something afoot? that they won't no, they, fans. They will play this weekend. They have a, a plethora of players injured right now, but they will go back out there. And I, I think they're very good in game twos of the series. So that should be, <laughs> although they're facing the, the, they're facing the number two guy, I think in the Arizona rotation, I kind of one and one a with uh, Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly going tonight. So, you know, here, here's the interesting thing. And this is really not, rose-colored glasses, although I can hear people collectively rolling their eyes as they're waiting for me to say this next statement uh, out on the airwaves. But the fact is they're four games out of first place, you know? And, I mean, they're a 500 team, and they've played every bit like a 500 team, and they're the ones who have you know, talked about that they are, you know, a 500 team. I think it was A.J. Prasinski who said to me, I've used this line a thousand times, that record doesn't lie, right? So you're a 500 team. So you can say – oh, they should have won that game or they should have won this game, but there's probably games they won that they should have lost, so it evens out in the long run. 
But the fact remains is no one still is taking control of that division. Now, the Twins, I'm sorry, the Guardians have played a very tough Seattle team after winning twice in San Diego. But now they've already lost two out there, and they get Luis Castillo and Robbie Ray for the next two. So with four games left against Cleveland, nine left against Minnesota, including six of the final nine, it's still out there. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do to get it, but it's still out there. And, you know, the only factor working against them besides they haven't played very well is Cleveland finishes the year in a rare six-game series against the Royals at home. Well, yeah, but it, I don't – I haven't how, – how does – how do the Guardians fare against the Royals? There's some division teams that just kill you, even though you should be better than them, and that should be – I mean, we've seen the way the Sox have gone against bad teams, and it's been great, but only if they get to play Detroit for the last 25 games of the year do you feel confident they'll make the playoffs. So I don't know how the Guardians are against the Royals, if it comes down I, to I, that, if the Sox make that. I don't bad. know their exact record, but I would say, you know, nothing against the Royals. who have some good young talent, but they're, what, 25 games under five. So I would think having six straight games at home would probably be a pretty good way to finish. Now, I'm I'm guessing the Guardians are not going to wait until the final six games and try and win it then. I'm, I'm sure, like, the other two teams in that division, they're going to try and make a statement before then. But, you know, they do have that benefit. And, again, you know, you're, you get in the majors, you're a pretty damn good – you're a very good player to get there. So, like you said, anything – I remember in 06, uh, the Twins had a ridiculous finish to the season – and they needed the Tigers to get swept at home by a bad Kansas City team to win the division, and the Tigers got swept at home by a bad Kansas City team, and Detroit ended up being the wild card after leading for most of the year. So strange things happen in the game of baseball. I should copyright that phrase. But they, uh, yeah. you, know, so you never know. You never know. It, it's, and that's the thing is, again, Sox have not played. You know, they're 2-7 and seven in their last nine after they got to five games over and had two really solid wins against the best team in the American League. And now they're two and seven since then. But the fact remains, they're four games out of first and five out of the wild card right now. Yeah, they're about five or six teams out in the wild card, and they're yeah, it's more the division. You're right. The division is the race you're looking at, really, is the AL Central. And the the Twins, I'm not sure what to make of them. They're they're, and I'm not. I don't care if Buxton's there or not. Like I'm not. I'm not going to go woe is me on them. The White Sox have had their share of injuries they were supposed to be sure. deeper and they were supposed to perform and they were supposed to be a team i i said in the previous segment scott and you've we we've become overwhelmed with numbers and decimal points and 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 all kinds of whatever algorithms the metrics that you look at them and go this is good we want this we want trace thompson has a 1.018 OPS against right-handed pitchers, and he's a right-handed batter, so why isn't he here, old friend? Like, And you look at that, and we don't know how he would do in this circumstance in that clubhouse. It comes a point in the season where you the numbers don't measure the emotional, mental makeup and willingness. This is a team that has, for three years now, never seized the momentum, never seized an opportunity. They, they were... Right in the pandemic year, they were they were the the first team to clinch a spot in the American League playoff right. spot, and they ended up with the seventh seed. And last year, they they're strong, their division, they're they're playing well, and they win the same number of playoff games under the current manager that they did under the manager they fired to get the current manager. And this year, with all that World Series or bus talk, they have yet to show any kind of killer instincts. Any kind, I I don't know. 
from your position, we've done this a lot. We've, we've looked at the numbers, but looking at the emotional and mental makeup, it's a really hard thing to do, but I don't know how you avoid it at this point in the season, or are you just going to wait till the end and say, and make some, make offer some conclusions? Yeah, I would say that's tough to analyze unless you're like, you know, talking and, and not even, I'm not even saying me or any of the other beat writers, but unless you're inside these guys' minds every day, you know, these guys bust their butts to get ready to, to work. And I think, you know, one of the things that's been talked about many a year in baseball is if a team is not hitting and the Sox have not hit consistently pretty much the whole season, you look lethargic, right? So then people say, oh, they're, they're soft, which I think is a, a silly word in anything for a professional athlete or they're weak or whatever. But I think it's just, you know, you look at a guy like Trace Thompson and it really is the right fit. Trace is a great kid, very solid you know, talent-wise, and just I don't think ever had the right opportunity at the right moment, and he's getting that with the Dodgers and doing well there. But, you know, I, I would say in 2020, they had a very nice year and then had a horrible finish. Just, you know, I, I think it was 3-10 and 10 if you count the playoff loss to Oakland to finish the year, and that's not going to get it done for you. Last year, I think, considering the injuries, was a really good season, and they just lost to a better team in Houston in the playoffs. So, and that's where, you know, coming into the season, people thought, okay, they learned from that, and they were going to be a team, you know, many people, it's not just one or two, many pick them as, you know, World Series contender. And again, it's not officially over yet. It's not done by a long shot, but it doesn't look that way as of what is today, August 27th, I guess. So, you know, they, they for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked this year. And, you know, injuries, as you said, Byron Buxton has played hurt for a long time, and he is essential in that Twins lineup. So you can't just say, you know, injuries and say, well, that's the reason. But, I mean, think about it. You know, that lineup last night, no Tim Anderson, no Luis Robert, no Yohan Moncada, no Yasmani Grandal, and, you know, Aloy hurt himself, you know, which uh, not hurt himself, but reactivated uh, an issue that Rick Hahn had talked about was going to pop up from time to time after the surgery. So, you know, it's, I think it's tough for any team to win when you take that many guys that you're counting on out of a starting lineup. And Johnny Cueto, he kind of laughed afterwards because both myself and James Fegan were asking him about, you know, what felt different about this. And he just kind of smiled and said, I just had a bad start. You know, he said, I'm human. And I think people forgot that he's human because he's been so ridiculously good this year and just had an, had an off night last night. Scott Merkin of MLB.com is my guest. We're talking White Sox here on the score on Saturday suckage. The idea that they lost the last two, the, the last start from Cueto and that followed a couple of days, the last start from Cease is really depressing. I know Giolito pitched the kind of game they needed from Giolito, and you're looking for, again, still looking for op- reasons for to be optimistic because, like you said, four games out, Cleveland Cleveland is what it is. In any other division, Cleveland would be a, a try-hard team. You'd just sort of pet them behind the ears and say, okay, run along. It's time for the big boys to play. But they are the big boy in this division. And the, the pitching's been there. The hitting has not. You've heard a lot this year. Why? Why can't this team hit for power? Ten home, three home runs in the last ten games. Albert Pujols has four in the last ten games. He's 42 years old. So what have you heard? What do you believe? What do you think about why this team has been so, so powerless? It's a good question. I don't have the real. I mean, I remember. I remember it was last night. It's amazing. I can remember last night. But I was, we were watching the game last night, and Romy Gonzalez crushed the ball to right field, and it left the bat. And you're like, okay, how far is that going to go over? And it ends up at the wall. Jose hit one deep 
this Jose Abreu hit one deep to center field. That ended up at the warning track. Another one that looked like it was going to go. And then Rivera for the Diamondbacks hits one, and it goes, you know, four rows back in the left center field stand. So I, I don't know. I don't know the answer aside from the fact that the guys who they've counted on for power, you know, guys like Grandal, guys like Moncada, have been hurt or slash also underperforming probably in relation to the injuries this year. And they haven't gotten the same power production for those guys. But just in general, they do not hit home runs. You know, they lead baseball in, in singles. And that's a, that's a big thing because they're not a real fast team. You know, there's not a lot of team speed in the White Sox. So if you're not hitting home runs, you're relying on a big rally to kind of, you know, string a number of hits together to get runs because you just don't have the speed to change it. So you need that, that you know, the old Earl Weaver, the three-run homer to change, to change the game. And that just hasn't happened this year for this team. And it's, it's really happened kind of across the roster. So it's an odd, it's an odd situation for the 2022 squad. And this whole roster could suddenly decide to become the 27 Yankees and hit a pile of home runs. Of the well, that, that's the thing is, I think, you know, how many times have we said this year, and I think they've probably said it too, maybe they don't think about it as much as we do in the media or the fans do, but has there been a win where you said, well, this is it, this turns things around? You know, that, that first Houston <laughs> game was, was a great win, or the second Houston win was a great win, and it just hasn't happened. You know, it's happened for a short term, but there's been no – 15 and four run or anything like that. You know, they just have not put an extended stretch of success together. Well, they have 36 games left. They have some quote unquote, easier games on the schedule. You know, they have four in Oakland. I believe they have six against Detroit. They have three coming up against Kansas city. So, you know, there's some games to be had there. And then they have the nine head to have with Minnesota and four Cleveland. So if they do have it in them to put a run on, you know, and, and, suddenly get things together and this, you know, maybe get some guys healthy. Grandal went out on his injury rehab. You know, Robert is probably going to miss this weekend, but they hope is going to be ready to go against Kansas City on Tuesday. Moncada's day-to-day. Eloy is supposed to play tonight. So if they get all these guys together and get them back, well, I mean, it's there for them, but they just have to go out and do it at this point. They're running out of time, as we say. Right, and then when they go to Oakland, you think it's easy. They're like three and ten in Oakland in the last thirteen. Yeah, Oakland. You're right. Years. Oakland is a very Oakland has they're, even the best of Sox teams have always. I think teams in general, even as bad as Oakland's situation is this year, which is sad because they have a great baseball guy managing them in Marcotte. But you know, it's always seems like it's tough for the Midwest teams when they go out to Oakland for whatever reason. All right, Scott. So I'm going to, after the show, I'm going to be taking off on a road trip as I accompany my son because he's my son and one of my grand dogs are moving out to, to Los Angeles. And along the way, we're going to, we'll be in Albuquerque for the Breaking Bad part of the tour. And then I-40 takes us right by a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fun Very nice. to see. And I will have pictures. I will stand there. I will achieve supreme eagledom. I don't know what layer of eagledom that is, but I will I will achieve the Jackson Brown eagledom. We are planning to stop there, even if my son doesn't know it yet. That's tremendous. You know, in all the years I've been in spring training, I think it's 21 at this point. I have never, on an off day or a couple off days, made that three-hour drive. I think it's about three hours from the Valley to Winslow. And basically because I've been talked out of it by most people who live in Arizona who say, you know, just buy an Eagles t-shirt online. And that's about the same difference as going to Winslow. My apologies to anyone who lives in Winslow, but I mean, I heard it's, it's, but I'm sure it's a beautiful area when you're driving through. So if you do get me a, get, grab me an Eagles shirt, if you can, an authentic 
Winslow, Arizona, on the standing on the corner there in Winslow, Arizona. I'll see what I can do about that. I know there's a statue. I'll be there. I'll have pictures. I'll have proof. Thanks. Thanks Excellent. for coming on, Scott. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, Steve. Take care. Have a good All trip. Right. Thanks. Scott Merkin, MLB.com. We're going to take a break, and we will talk to a groundbreaker, a pioneer, a man who, while you're listening to Sports Talk Radio now, online, live on the radio, whatever it is on Saturday Suckage, this person was at ground zero of daily sports talk, nightly sports talk, with no commercials and the worst ratings in American broadcast history, as he says. Things have improved. Things have changed. We will hear from him after this. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I think the power may have gone out near courtside because I'm looking at my guy Chuck Swirsky right now. You know Chuck ain't taking his headset off unless uh, something's wrong. So... I think uh, I think the power may have gone out, unfortunately, on that section. There's Chuck and oh, no. Bill. Chuck might have spilled a drink on they, the I'm, wire. I'm, I'm, is, this, yeah. is this your fault, Swirsky? Is this your fault, Swirsky? So Chuck's and, and you know what? Dedication to, from my man Chuck Swirsky because he can't he can't call the game right now. What does he do? Right back to Twitter, letting you know what's going on. Step a play-by-play man in every sense. Yeah, there he goes. In. Indeed, a pro at all levels for all these many decades. Welcome and welcome back. Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. I'm doing sports sports talk in Chicago, largely thanks to my next guest, who did it first on a weeknight basis. Chuck Swirsky joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Chuck, thank you for jumping on, and I want to share with people a tweet you sent out today, I had no idea. I don't think anybody except you and your closest knew. Today's the 40th, 43rd anniversary of you doing the first weeknight sports talk show in Chicago. Do I have that right? Yes, Monday through Friday. Thank you very much, by the way, Steve, for the um, introduction, the invitation. But we did Monday through Friday from 7 until 11 p.m. on WCFL. Uh, the station made a transition for those who are newbies, so to speak, to radio uh, and the history of Chicago radio. WCFL was a longstanding rock and roll station that produced a lot of really good. And back in those days, they called them DJs, disc jockeys. And so in 1979, WCFL went up for sale and the mutual broadcasting system bought the operation and it became an O&O, in other words, owned and operated. And Mutual was headquartered in the Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia area. And they decided to go news talk. And uh, a headhunter called me. I was doing uh, sports talk in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, they called 15 minutes before I was on the air one night in Columbus. I thought it was a practical joke from a friend of mine. And I hung up. And the headhunter called me right back and said, if you do that again, you're <laughs> no question, you're off the A-list. And I said, oh, I guess this is legit. So I, um, I sent a tape. Back in those days, there was no such thing as the Internet, obviously, and no social media, which may not be a bad thing. But uh, <laughs> having said all that, having said all that, uh, I submitted my work. 
They called me. I came in for an interview. It lasted 15 minutes. I thought I had no shot. And next thing I know, I'm in Chicago. So what was that like in Chicago, major format change? Here you are, and, and you're, you're the new guy, and you're doing four hours a night. What was that like? Share with the class, Chuck. Okay, well, uh, number one, the management wanted sports talk to be, quote, unquote, different. So they sat me down and said, okay, you can talk about the four majors, but we want you to talk about billiards. We want you to talk about backgammon, and we want you to talk about Ducks Unlimited. I had never heard of Ducks Unlimited. I had no idea what, what were we talking about. We were talking about Ducks, and they're unlimited. Um, and so it was, it was almost from 7 until 11 o'clock. You never knew what was coming on. Uh, but then management kind of wised up with the help of Gary Deeb, who was um, the radio TV columnist at that time for the sun times and um, they, you know, took the chains off and I was able to do four hours of bears, bulls, Blackhawks, white Sox, Cubs, uh, major college sports, everything. And it just started to percolate. All right. So many of everybody who knows you in the last several generations, Chuck, you're a man who, you wake up and you choose positivity, you choose happiness, you choose passion, you choose enthusiasm, and it's wonderful, and it's a great example. But there is always, in the media, there's always a an opportunity, a temptation, to choose to be a contrarian, to choose to be on the muscle. So share with the class the Chuck Swirsky broadcast persona 43 years ago compared to the one that I just think is is terrific and a wonderful example today? Wow, that's a great question. Really good question. So you have to keep in mind for, for this, the context of what we're talking about, I'm 25 years old at the time, and there was a blank canvas. I came to Chicago, didn't know a soul, no one. And all of a sudden I'm being exposed to uh, a Cubs organization that was totally mismanaged and had to be sold, which eventually it did by the Wrigley family to the Tribune Company. The White Sox, Bill Vec, you know, there were rumors that the Sox were going to pack up and leave and go to Denver. And, you know, the Blackhawks weren't drawing at all, like at all. And then you had the Bulls, who just lost the coin flip for Magic Johnson, and they drafted David Greenwood with the second pick in the overall draft. And so you had all these teams. And, um, and so they turned me loose and I was really critical of the Cubs. And one day a fan called and said, you know, I am so frustrated with this organization. What should I do? And I said, well, as a fan, you have the right to decide not to listen to the game, not to watch the game or not even go to the game. And out of my mouth, it was not planned. I am telling you the exact God's honest truth. Out of my mouth, it said, snub the Cubs. <laughs> and it caught on. And it caught on. And all of a sudden, uh, newspapers were interviewing me about the date. And it was going to be um, August 29th of 1980. And the Houston Astros were playing the Cubs. Now, again, we have to keep in mind, 
The Cubs weren't drawing 35,000 a game back in that uh, era. But nonetheless, uh, it really started to mushroom. And it got bigger and bigger. And um, I'm actually writing a book about my experiences in sports radio. But I, I did mention in one of the chapters that Arlene Gill, bless her soul, she just passed away, wonderful woman, wow. great human being. She was working for a number of Cubs executives during that era of her employment. And Bob Kennedy was the general manager. And she called me up and said, uh, Mr. Kennedy would like to see you in his office as soon as possible. And so I went over to Wrigley Field, walked in. It was, I mean, very little lighting. I mean, it was a darkly lit room. And as I'm telling you this story, I'm, I'm just giving you the facts. I walked in. He was at his desk. He said, I want to talk to you about this boycott, this snub the Cubs. I said, yes. And then for about two minutes, it seemed like 20 minutes, but it was a couple minutes, he called me every name in the book and names I've never heard of. And, um, <laughs> and so then he, uh, he said, you can leave now. And the irony of this story, Steve, is that I was going to have lunch with him the following week. So, and it was planned. So after he called me every name of the book and told me, you know, I'm going to threaten lawsuits, I'm going after you, so on and so forth, I'm halfway out the door to exit his office. And I turned around and I said, I wasn't trying to be smart about this, but I said, are we still on for next week for lunch? And uh, <laughs> 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 so yeah. he, he, what was his yeah. answer in, in polysyllabic yeah. uh, terms? Yeah, so let's, I get, yeah I, I, I'm going to stay gainfully employed. So I won't use exactly what he said to me, but you can yeah. probably, yes. So anyway, yeah. that was that. But yeah, I mean, I was very outspoken about a lot of things uh, that I saw at the time. And, uh, you know, I question why Northwestern couldn't be better in sports. And yet they had John Pont, who was a unbelievable human being running the athletic department. I mean, they had Rich Falk as the basketball coach. And then finally, you know, the, the hiring of Dennis Green, I think, really turned the corner because Dennis was very, very outspoken and very passionate and energetic about where this program could go. And so but those are some topics that we dealt with, uh, along with Bill Beck. And we had a lot of people call the show um, that, you know, would give me tips because we were the only show in town. Steve, that was it. And so. We broke a lot of stories, not necessarily because I'm a great journalist, because I was a talk show host. I wasn't a journalist. But when someone wanted to get their point across, they would call me and say, here's the story. And like with the Blackhawks, whether it was Bob Pulford, Eddie Johnson, all these people that went through, you know, the Chicago Stadium, they would call me off the air and say, you know, here's the bottom line. And that's where I got the slogan here's the bottom line because I heard that from so many coaches, GMs and players. Yeah. So one of your former intern in 1988, guy named Mitch Rosen yep. texted me that you're a great teacher and you befriended John McDonough and you helped him get his start in, in Chicago sports that we saw in a, kind of an unparalleled rise. That, that's correct. So um, John called me, I, I, he was calling the talk show 
as just a fan. So one day he called me off the air and said, listen, you know, I'm the guy who calls you. Um, do you have time? Because I would love to get into sports. And he was working for a rental car company at the time. And I said, why don't you come in? And uh, at the time, WCFL was carrying Illinois basketball. So I was free for about two, two and a half hours when the and I were on the radio. Uh, I think Dick Martin was doing the play-by-play. Lauren Tate was doing color. And so John comes in to WCFL. The offices were located at Marina Towers on the 16th floor. And John comes in, and he expressed an interest in sports. And so, again, to, to make sure that the timeline is accurate, we did not have social media. We didn't have the Internet. We had nothing. I would have press guides. And press guides, usually a directory. Uh, it would have player profiles profiles on the front office, but it would always include the address of a specific team and marketing director, broadcast director, PR, so on and so forth. And we went through every press guide in every sport. And I am not embellishing this. He walked out with a ton of paper of every team. And weeks later, I get a call from Lee Stern the owner of the Chicago Sting of the North American Soccer League at the time. And for your listeners that are kind of young that may not understand who the Sting were, uh, very successful because John McDonough uh, off the field took them to a height never seen before. They had the talent, but John marketed them big time at Comiskey Park and at Wrigley Field. And so that's how he got his start. And then a few years later, um, at home, I got a call, no cell phones, landline. I got a call from Jim Finks, who is the president of the Cubs. And he had been very good to me when he was, you know, with the Bears. He calls me up and he goes, he goes, Charlie. He never called me Chuck. He goes, Charlie. <laughs> he goes, he goes, uh, Charlie, yes or no? Um, would you hire John McDonough? And I said, Mr. Finks, he's great. I would. Thanks very much. Click. It was like an eight-second conversation. Charlie. Charlie. I love that. Actually, you know, Steve, uh, you know, like I grew up, Charlie. I I had never had Chuck uh, pinned to my name until I was in college when I was introduced on the radio as Chuck Swirsky. Actually, I prefer Charlie, but Chuck is stuck. Um, So it is what it is. But my family... And very, very dear friends call me Charlie. I know I'm running late, and I'm going, but I don't want to miss the opportunity. People joining us now, sports talk has gotten to this point. Chuck Swirsky was the first one to do it on a weeknight basis, seven to eleven on WCFL. Forty-three years ago today, he made his debut. Chuck, what do you think about what you have wrought the state of sports talk today? Well, I haven't brought any. I mean, you know, I, I happen to be at the right place at the right time. And Chicago was ready for it. And then, obviously, different layers, different chapters have been written. There are so many wonderful, outstanding sports talk show hosts in Chicago and elsewhere. Management under the you know leadership of Mitch Rosen. I'm very, very proud of Mitch. And the man, number one, he's become as a human being because I knew where he was headed. And he's a wonderful man, period. Um, you know, with his wife, Mary, and his son, Ben. 
And that's what I get joy. I, we've had a lot of great interns that have remained in this marketplace. You know, I think of guys like Ryan Baker. I mean, to see Ryan where he's at now warms my heart. You know, I mean, and again, there are so many that, that I can talk about that I really, it would be, it would be sad if I'd start naming people and left them out. But Sports Talk Radio has never been in better hands. There are so many really gifted sports talk hosts that, you know, I think the world is their oyster. Chuck, I appreciate what you started. I appreciate you. Um, you're a man who wakes up and chooses passion, enthusiasm, happiness, positivity. And I'm really grateful you came on to talk about that with me today. Well, it's been my pleasure. And, and you know what? I mean, I'm so blessed and so thankful and so grateful. And um, you know what, Steve? I'll tell you what. I do have a favor to ask of you, though. And this uh-huh. is a shameless. This is a shameless plug. But I'm in the final stages of my book. And once it becomes, you know, to fruition, if we could come back and talk about, you know, different phases of my world with some stories, that'd be awesome. Chuck, you be my co-host for three hours and we'll do the we'll do all the chapters you want. I would love to sit and and trade stories with you for three hours. You let me know. It's your you're right here. You got a spot. You got a microphone. Thank you. It's 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 about Chicago, but it's about when I was at the University of Michigan with the Raptors, with the Bulls, even before then. So it's all good stuff. But thank you. I'm I'm looking forward to it. You got it, Chuck. Thank you again. Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Okay. Chuck Swirsky, voice of the Bulls, voice of so much of sports talk. I just um, what a thing. And, and I'm serious. Whenever that book gets close to publication, Chuck's going to be in. We're going to spend three hours or more, depending on what the aforementioned intern Mitch Rosen allows us to do. So we're late, and we're coming up with a man who will appreciate my stop in Albuquerque. Say my name. His name is Mark Rohde. Next, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.